Thank God it's Friday. Good evening and welcome. It's the Independence Gang. I'm your host, JV, along with co-host Britt Griffith. We've got a great uh, guest ser- uh, panel of guest panelists tonight, if I can spit that out. We've got Providence returning. He didn't sleep through his alarm this time. We are so proud of Providence tonight. <laughs> welcome to you, Providence. And our good friend, Matt. We were on Matt's show earlier this morning. Uh, that was fun. Except for Britt was like in in uh, kind of lost in space there a few times. Matt, we he was cutting in and out on his uh, journey through L.A. We, at one point, we thought he was abducted, but uh, we didn't have that much luck. We were hoping for a Grand Theft Auto moment for Britt. You know, it would have been great for ratings. <laughs> it would have been awesome. Can you imagine that clip, oh, Britt? Yeah, thank you for... You being abducted at gunpoint in the thank middle of L.A. on a live stream, we would have hit the big time. Oh, you would, and I wouldn't have would- been abducted. I would have gone down fighting. There would have been lots of blood. <laughs> Yikes. It would have been a shootout. <laughs> Saying, oh yeah, it would have been a big shootout. Uh, well, anyway, welcome everybody to the. I'm pro- not going willingly. I will not. I will not bend my knee. Yeah, I period. Don't, I don't blame you. Welcome everyone. Good to have everybody here with us tonight as we uh, kick off the weekend. We've got a great show, as I said. A lot of stuff going on, and a lot of weird stuff hits on Fridays, as we all know, as they try to bury this stuff in the news cycle, thinking people aren't going to pay attention. But we are. We are paying attention, and we're going to talk about some of this stuff. You know, Matt, when's the last time you've gone to a government? agency walked up to the counter and had no problem getting service right away getting everything you've need you needed and you walk out a happy customer probably doesn't happen very often does it no the fbi loves it when i do that um, <laughs> it happens a lot at their offices um no i mean it's it's not something that you can do at a revenue office or a post office uh you know the term the the term that was coined going postal was termed for a reason uh, you know, because of the frustrations of these government organizations. So, yeah, no, I'll yield back. But, yeah, no, it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's tough. Um, in fact, we all know it's difficult to get government employees to work and work hard. I didn't realize, however, it was going to take an act of Congress to get government employees to work and work hard. There's a bill that has been introduced by Arizona Republican Rep. Andy Biggs today, which will make federal employees who are still working remotely return to their offices Providence, at this point, why are these federal workers working remotely? It doesn't seem to be uh, mirroring what's happening in the private sector. Um, that's a great question, JV. I was just tweeting the link, and I, I lost the first half of that question. So can you team me up again? <laughs> yeah, no problem. It's just that there's a bill now that's pending in front of uh, being introduced by uh, Republican Representative Andy Biggs. We are basically, uh, let's see, two years uh from the start of this pandemic, the start of the shutdowns, the start of the remote, uh, the forced remote uh, office working, and we still have federal employees. And this article talks about up to 80% of federal employees in some agencies are still not coming into their offices to do their work. Supposedly, Providence, they're working from home. We all know how that goes, especially when it comes to government employees. Yeah, JV. I mean, uh, the this pandemic appears to be a never-ending change of lifestyle i think that um it's in the best interest of those who wish to um sort of subvert uh the uh agenda that's being pushed right now to to keep everybody at home to keep these government agencies at home and it just goes back to the fact that we're you know living under a system where there's such a lack of accountability 
and transparency. And these agencies essentially just do whatever they want. And th they're not held accountable at all. We have no press that has any interest in, uh, in what serves this country the best and its citizens. So, I mean, why, why do anything else? That's, that's my question. When the incentives in society are in the wrong place, uh, it's going to give us th this sort of an outcome. And that's, that's what we're looking at here. Britt, my son, uh, he's 25 years old, and he's been having this tax problem from a 2019 tax return. He filed it. Uh, it was misplaced or something, and he's been going back and forth with the IRS trying to get it resolved. Now, he, he, his tax consequence, because he was, you know, it's that three years ago, he's a 22-year-old kid who may, probably made 2000 bucks during the course of the year in his part-time mm -hmm. job. Uh, the tax consequence is almost negligible, but the process to get it resolved has been unbelievably arduous. And recently, he got another letter saying he needs to contact the IRS immediately to get this resolved. He's been calling every day for two weeks. And he can't get someone on the phone. They keep he keeps getting a recording that says all uh, the all the offices are busy. You're going to have to call back in another time. So what the hell? Yeah, I have a I have an IRS letter right here. Uh, 2019 for me too, as a matter of fact. And uh, I I have actually gotten past that because I've got that recording a lot too. For the last three months, I have been calling and calling. I've actually gotten through and gotten on hold, and then. Drove off to work and literally been on hold for three and a half hours to have it either just to have it just disconnect basically, and then had to try and call back. And it says, "Hey, we're not here." Yeah, I, it's it's incompetent. Although you know we want, we sit here we rant and It's incompetent, blah, 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 but you know, do we really want the IRS to be competent? I mean, because if they're competent, then they're really going to be looking in our shit. I mean, I, I love the fact that they have a 1932 computer system because it means they can't find all the stuff you know the stuff that we write off and. You know, never hide your money. I'm not a tax advisor. I'm not a financial advisor. Put all that shit out there. But look, the best advice I ever got from one of my tax advisors was never hide your money. That is a crime. Over deduct. Because a deduction is an opinion. And if they deny it three, four, five years down the road, you just got to pay it back. But it's not a crime. Tax <laughs> so advice with tax advice with Britt Griffith. <laughs> Coming to a gentleman yeah, near you. Like that. Uh, but but the bottom line anyway. here is Matt that uh, if the IRS is sending you notices and say say you says tells you you have thirty days to get something rectified you can't get a hold of them because nobody's coming into the offices they're all quote unquote working from home so it doesn't get rectified in thirty days whether you could reach them or not is irrelevant in their eyes you're still uh, liable for whatever penalties punishment or uh, you know sanctions that they want to levy on you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a weaponized part of the government. It's been used, you know, we saw in the Obama administration. Um, I'm I'm leery, you know, I, I own my own companies and I've got some stuff I'm dealing with as well, like we all do, it sounds like, you know, um, trying to get things, you know, I've got a, you know, one of my CPAs in Chicago is working on things for my companies, but it's like, I, I'm honestly leery to say a whole hell of a lot because I don't want to be Roger Stone. I don't want to literally have the, have the post office or the IRS Miami Vice my ass while I'm out fishing or something, so... Um, it's, it's unbelievable the, the ramifications that are out there and they, it's a different set of rules. You know, we always say rules for thee, not for me, you know, for, for that side of the aisle. It's, it's, it's inherently true when you look at everything that we continue to see, you know, James Comey, Hillary Clinton, I can go down the list. None of these people have, you know, they've all lied under oath. They've all lied to the feds. They've all lied to Congress and nothing happens. But then you look at the, the conservatives that are being persecuted, arrested. It's it's not a fair playing field. And I, I hope at some point conservatives are going to realize that 
because sadly, you know, we keep talking about this has to change, that has to change. And I, you know, when I'm around the country speaking, I keep saying, look, we're not in control of anything, folks. They control the, they control the DOJ, they control the judges, they control the IRS, they control all of these alphabet agencies. Um, you know, we might take the House and the Senate. You know, in the fall, I believe we're going to. I'm working really hard in about 30 states on multiple campaigns. I think we're going to win. That's going to help a little bit, alleviate, maybe take a little pressure off. But at the end of the day, um, you've got to you've got to gut and audit every one of these little three-letter agencies, and and I mean just gut them like a damn fish to fix this problem for half the country. And I'll yield back, JV. Yeah, you got to start gutting them, and you also have to start eliminating some of these. We have too many agencies that issue too many regulations, rules, restrictions, and have police powers that uh, make us all prisoners to whatever their agenda is. Speaking of which. Uh, I don't know if everybody remembers, uh, I'm sure we remember that on the day that Joe Biden took office, he signed a bunch of executive orders. Uh, many of them un were undoing uh, Trump initiatives from the previous four years. One of them is the executive order that eliminated the, the XL pipeline, the Keystone pipeline, eliminated uh, the progress and the work on that and basically shut it down. Well, it turns out there was more to that executive order. I didn't realize how deep this thing went. Uh, but this executive order is called the Executive Order on Protecting Public Health and the Environment and Restoring Science to Tackle the Climate Crisis. And it's within this executive order that the Keystone Pipeline is shut down. If you look at some of the details of this executive order, um, the first thing they did uh, is they say, all heads of agencies shall immediately review all existing regulations, orders, guidance, documents, policies, and any other similar agencies' actions that promulgated, issued, or adopted between January 20th, 2017 and January 20th, 2021. Those dates are pretty important, uh, Providence, because that is the entirety of the Trump administration. And this executive order basically said all agencies have to review all regulations that were issued during the Trump administration only, which tells me, that this isn't necessarily all about the climate or all the, it's just, it's just about what Trump was doing on the climate. It seems awfully targeted and I'm going to get to more, but what are your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts are simply this, when it comes to just about every government agency that isn't um, in the spotlight, right? So you have these regulatory agencies, you have our healthcare industry and Fauci and the NIH. We have seen as the curtain has rolled back, uh, since the inauguration of President Biden, that these uh, these institutions have become uh, irredeemably corrupted. And uh, so, of course, it's no surprise that issues like climate are all political. Issues like healthcare are all political. Um, any sort of expertise or expert analysis is completely rejected. There's no interest in having those conversations. There's no interest in discussing real-world problems in our nation anymore everything has fallen under a sort of authoritarian um uh, combination of corporate interest uh the press which is the arm of a you know a corrupted governmental system that is more interested in defending itself from the people as it further becomes just it's out in the open for everybody with a lot of these agencies a lot of these stories, this is a great find here, JV. Uh, I haven't heard this anywhere, so it's interesting that you bring it up. Um, it's all out in the open, and there's zero accountability. There's zero investigations. There's zero arrests. There's zero 
there's zero journalists in the media that are really trying to take what's important to the American people and put it in front of us. And so when you put it into this context, uh, we're looking at the tip of the iceberg. That's really what I believe, JV. Yeah, and in deep uh, buried in this executive order, there's something else that's even scarier, Britt. In addition to uh, hunting down all Trump uh, changes to regulations and restrictions, there's a section here. It says accounting for the benefits of reducing climate pollu pollution. If you see the highlighted area, it says the social cost of carbon, the social cost of nitrous oxide, and the social social cost of methane are estimates of the monetized damages associated with the incremental increases in greenhouse gas emissions. This goes on to talk about the and set up a panel of people that are that are tasked with estimating these social costs, again, carbon, nitrous oxide, and methane, of companies, of people, of businesses, of every entity that exists in the United States, and assign a score to them, which would ultimately be used to determine how much to charge them for their impact on the environment. That is in this executive ESG, order. baby. That is in this executive order. ESG, baby, it's coming. This is um this is insanity. This is a religion. This is what happens when you this is um these people have strayed from a theo, theological religion, the, theatrical not theatrical, theo, theological religion, right? Yeah, to theological. a secular religion. Yes. I mean, theological. Okay. So this is a secular religion that these people are buying into. They believe it wholeheartedly. This is these people are willing. They believe this stuff at such a level that they would literally like the Christians did in the Roman days, they would probably walk in uh, to the lion's pit and let themselves be eaten before they would disavow uh, these thought processes. This is how cultish and how deeply ingrained into these people's brains this is. And it's dangerous for the rest of us. I mean, the Christian religion, if you, back in the Roman days, if you believed in the Christian religion and you preached the Christian religion, it was prosperous and helpful and positive and it doesn't affect anybody. What they're preaching is a, is going to affect us all that don't believe their crap in such a horrific way, monetarily, a lifestyle level. Uh, their way of doing everything that they do is authoritarian. Everything that they do somehow affects the people who want to be left alone. Everything they do, it's all about the collective. It's all about the Borg. It's the hive mind. It's the you will you will assimilate or we will assimilate you one way or the other. Or you can look at the Muslim religion. Uh, what is it? It's con uh, convince, conquer, or kill. Convert, conquer, or kill. That's that's what they're at. They're either going to convert us, or they're going to conquer us, or they're going to kill us. That's where we're at with this. And and going back, Donald Trump was such a danger to the establishment and the one world order and all the stuff we're seeing going on today that they have to purge everything about him and all of us that support him. They will be coming for us eventually if 2224 doesn't go the way it needs to go. And Rob is so right, and Matt is so right. We don't control shit. They're doing stuff in these agencies that we don't know about because it's out of the spotlight. But all of these regulations have effects on big businesses that we, the public, don't see and we don't understand. Gee, why is why is Kellogg having to double the price of its cereal possibly next month? All the stuff that we don't see going on behind the scenes in regulatory world that does that. And that's going to directly affect us. Because think about the mom that can't get the Honey Nut Cheerios for her kid. That's the only cereal he'll eat. She's going to lose her mind.
Well, uh, my Fruity Pebbles have gone up like two bucks a box, and that I'm losing my mind. Uh, Matt, I do have some good news on this front, though. Uh, and the reason I even looked into this executive order is because of this headline. A federal judge has stopped the Biden administration's carbon cost executive order. So the part of the executive order that I was talking about here, where they've established a panel that is going to assign costs to any type of action that uh, as as to how it affects the um, environment and the climate, that has been, at least temporarily, stopped by a federal judge. We can hope that that becomes permanent, Matt, but at least there's a there's a glimmer of hope there. Yeah, I mean, there's a glimmer of hope. It's it's the problem is the captain who's steering the ship along with his, his minions in the crew deck or whatever you call them. I mean, we can go back to, like, July of 2021 when Jen Psaki literally, you know, literally said – that she is, you can go back and watch the video. It was a White House press briefing, and she literally says, "JV, you know, I don't understand why if we raise taxes, I don't, I don't think that's accurate, and I don't understand why companies think they need to raise the price of goods if we raise <laughs> taxes right. on them." That's right. This is a real thing here. Okay, so you go back to July of 2021. You can watch that video clip, Google it, YouTube it. These are the people that are in charge. You know, it's common sense. If if their costs go up. Your costs go up. They're going to pass it off to the consumer. It's the same uh, idioticness of, of the minimum wage argument of, you know, I mean, I'll just give you an example. I'm a Husky kid. I'm not afraid to talk about this. I ordered DoorDash. I'm still pissed off tonight. Uh, my order was wrong yet again, DoorDash. Thank you for the credits. But, you know, these are people that want 15 bucks an hour. They can't get the right things in a damn bag. You know, eventually they're going to automate all this just like Walmart's done. You know, it'll it'll be uh it'll be all you know, it'll be all what do you call it self shopping or what, what the self checkout. I always yep. tell the Walmart people, you know that they love me. They're like they're like, sir, we have a self checkout open. I'm like, I don't work here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't work here. I'm not sacking my own stuff. And if more people had that mentality, but anyway, make a long story short, these are the people that are that have the mindset that they're running the country of, of you know, they don't understand common sense. They understand logic. They understand the fact that if you passed a cost off onto a company that it's going to it's going to affect everyone. So like the fuel situation right now, no one's really talking about this part of it. I was in logistics in my executive career for many years on top of doing media things. I always had a, I always had a morning show uh, on ESPN and before I got into politics seven years ago. So I do my morning show from six to nine, Monday through Friday live on, on a bunch of stations across the region. Then I go into my logistics job. So the fuel prices, let's talk about that for a second. We got a second to, to go into what you're, you're talking about here. Everything is skyrocketing right now with diesel, with gas. We're, you know, that's being passed off. So let's say, you know, I'm a manufacturer. Uh, I'm Yankee Candle. I'll throw that out there for an example. They're going to, when those prices go up to ship the candles, because they have to have the jars sent into the factories and all the goods, they're going to pass this off to the damn consumer. The only people that hurt in the end are the blue collar people in the flyover states. Uh, you know, the, the HVAC technicians, the mechanics, the truck drivers, the farmers, the welders. Those are the people that get this crap passed off onto them. And, and yet, sadly, the majority of these people just keep voting Democrat. And, uh, and then they wonder, you know, why they're, why they're starving. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna go to go into, I'm going to pull a whatnot here if I don't shut up. So I'm going back to you, <laughs> We had three whatnots this morning on your show, and I didn't have a button to push, which was really frustrating me. Um, <laughs> No, but uh, you're, you're right about that. Those costs are most most uh, directly affect the people that can afford it the least. You know, as Bridge pointed out, we've all pointed out at one point, the rich can handle 
$10 a gas gasoline, $10 a gallon gasoline if they need to. Uh, it doesn't really affect them. But the person who has to drive 20 miles to work every day to you know wait tables at a restaurant and then home and then take care of their kids, they can't afford these types of increases. The last estimate, I think, was that current inflation figures have the average cost for a family rising by $275 a month. I'm assuming that is really, really underestimated. I, I mean, I know my fuel costs have gone up more than that. And I'm talking about fuel to heat my home, just to heat my, heat my home. It's way more than that. Um, did you, do you want to say something, Britt, or can I move on? You were holding your finger up like you wanted. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I don't know if everybody caught this interview that Joe Biden did with NBC News' Lester Holt, but there were a couple moments that I wanted to share here, and this is the first one. Holt asks him if uh, if harming American citizens in Ukraine is a is a line in the sand, basically, for the Biden administration, if they're willing to do something if that happens. No. How, how, how do you do that? How do you even find them? This is not like I'm hoping that if, in fact, he's foolish enough to go in, he's smart enough not to, in fact, do anything that would negatively impact on American citizens. But have, you, have you told him that? Yes. Okay, Providence, first thing. Holt says at the end of his statement, have you told him that? And what is what did you hear Biden say? Uh, I, I didn't hear him give a competent answer. Well, so. at the very end, he says yes. He plainly says yes. And then, so Holt follows up again on that. Yes. You've, you've told him to, that, that you know, Americans would be a line that they can't cross? Well, I, I didn't have to tell him that. He, I've, I've spoken about that. He knows that. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit... Uh, look, that's why what I've asked is American citizens should leave, should leave now. We're dealing with one of the largest armies in the world. This is a very different situation, and things could go crazy quickly. Okay, so first of all, just note that those aren't my edits. This is a very heavily edited interview that they presented. So God knows what he was saying that they took out of those edits, out in those edits. But Providence, he says, yes. And Holt says, so you've actually said that to Putin, that if harming Americans is a line in the sand, that, that you will not tolerate him crossing? And then he says, well, I didn't really say it. I didn't have to say it. He knows it. How confident are you that the Biden administration has any concern about American welfare, about American citizens in Ukraine, whether or not Putin goes in at all? Uh, we do not have a commander in chief that's competent enough to uh, manage a situation of this regard. I mean, he's sitting there on the news. They have to heavily edit it because he makes no sense. And he's sucking on like a Jolly Rancher or something while he's talking <laughs> to Lester Holt about a potential crisis that's brewing. And uh, we have nothing to go off of except for Afghanistan, which was a catastrophic failure. Uh, he's obviously being handled because a lot of his rhetoric around that time was, I'm taking the advice of the consensus and this and this and that. And I think that there's a lot of people around him that feed him information and he's just having to make executive decisions that he that he's just trying to draw consensus. And the question is, who are the, like, let's just cut the charade. Let's get this guy out of the way. And let's have a conversation with the people that are actually uh, calling the shots. Because this is not who's leading our nation. And if I was an American in Ukraine, I would have left uh, a month ago when this was brewing. Because after what we saw happen in Afghanistan, I would have absolutely zero confidence that uh, the Biden administration 
would do anything except for smuggle <laughs> indigenous people that, you know, we don't even know where they came from into our country and give them free visas and, and all this other stuff and leave us there to, to, you know, be the slim pickings for whatever, uh, Putin's going to throw at these people. Yeah. This isn't the, now, by the way, real quick, this isn't the first time we've seen this because this is eerily a replay of the Obama administration. It's almost like when these people, the people that are behind the Obamas and the, and the Bidens, are in control, Russia has free reign for its little slice of Ukraine or whatever interests it has there. And uh, I, I don't know why people aren't making this correlation. I don't, I don't hear anybody mentioning, hey, didn't we just go through this? Didn't we just yeah. have a crisis that was brewing there? And uh, with everything that has been linked with Hunter and the Biden's past, I mean, you know, Putin is ex-KGB. This guy is not like a dumb-dumb. You know, when, when American politics revolve around blaming Putin for everything and Putin pretends like he's, you know, the, on Trump's side or something like that, this is all a game that they're playing. And Putin came out in the bag for Biden uh, right around the time of the election. It wasn't a top story, but if you Google it, you can find that um, uh, uh, Putin was defending Hunter Biden. And there's a lot of interests that are being moved around here. And we're not getting the whole story, I can tell you that. Where there's smoke, there's fire. No, no, where there's smoke, there's fire. And most of the media has no interest in the smoke that we're all, the rest of us are seeing. Uh, we talked last night on the program, Britt, about that Army report that basically the top military commanders had all recommended a very different exit strategy from Afghanistan. Biden ignored him. The Biden administration completely ignored the advice of the military commanders, uh, was stubborn in its approach, and basically created the disaster that we now know is the exit from Afghanistan. He was asked about that by Lester Holtz. I have to draw your attention to that army report, an investigative report that's come out about the lead up to the withdrawal from Afghanistan. It, it interviewed many military officials and officers who said the administration ignored the handwriting on the wall. Uh, another described trying to get folks in the embassy ready to evacuate, encountering uh, you know, people who are in, essentially in denial of, of this situation. Does any of that ring true to you? No, no, that's not what I was told. Britt, he doesn't say, he doesn't say that that's not what happened. He says, that's not what I was told. Can you decipher that for us? You know, what's interesting, you know, what's interesting is I'm surprised that, I mean, the questions that Holt is asking are for him are tough for what we're used to. I mean, the media is turning on him. He, he's done. The, the the mainstream leftist media is actually turning on him and asking some questions that he needs to answer to, and he's not answering them. No, no, I mean that's not what I was told. Well, I mean, why are we playing games? Like 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 Providence was just saying, let's stop playing games. He's not running anything. He's a sack. He's a meat sack. You know, as soon as he leaves that thing, he gets his pudding. He put him in his little rocking chair, little lap, you know, little towel, warming towel over his legs, maybe a little kitty cat on top, and that's the rest of his night. This is the Susan Rice's of the world or the, the Valerie Jarrett's that are behind the scenes running the administration. These kids in the administration, and I call them kids because they're younger than me, but, you know, they're, they're, the, they're in their 30s, fresh out of college, have no life experience, but think they can rule the world. And all of their little utopian professor taught thought processes are not working. The world is on fire right now. People are dying needlessly. Uh, 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 lower rich people, middle class people. 
uh, uh, incomes, bank accounts, savings are being wiped out because these kids in the administration think they can rule the world and they don't know what the hell they're doing. And that's what we're experiencing. And we are in a death spiral right now as a country. And as a, I mean, here, Canada, Australia, Europe, I mean, as a culture, the Western Judeo-Christian culture right now is in a death spiral because we have a bunch of atheist types or um, we just have a bunch of lost souls that have managed to work themselves into power. And this is what we get. When people think that man is the ultimate power, this is what you get. So Lester Holt, Matt, was not satisfied with that answer. I mean, basically, Biden just said, no, no, that's not what I was told. So he pushes the issue. No, that's not what I was told. That you were told that the U.S. administration officials were prepared. They knew it was time to get out. No, what I was told, no one told me that. Look, there was no good time to get out. But if we had not gotten out, they acknowledged that we would have had to put a hell of a lot more troops back in. So there's the tactic, Matt. He does. He can't even respond to it. He, he starts to stumble with a response and then goes to that line. Well, it was, there's never a good time to get out, so we had to get out, which is that old tired argument. No one says that we shouldn't. Well, I suppose there are some that say we shouldn't have gotten out. But most people aren't even arguing that. Most people are saying the way it was handled was a demonstration in incompetence. And Biden couldn't handle that question and had to change the subject. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty apparent right now. If you're an American citizen and you're in the Ukraine, run for your fucking lives, okay? With what you saw <laughs> in Afghanistan, they tripped over their own shoelaces. Run for your lives. Get on a plane. Get on a bus. Get on a train. Get on a donkey. I don't care. Get the hell out of the Ukraine. <laughs> These morons have no ability to save your ass. None. <clears throat> I worked multiple phone calls and missions with, with many of my team members who are special forces to get hundreds of people out of Afghanistan, was involved in raising hundreds of thousands of dollars with charitable groups to help get these people out. We were working insane amount of hours. And, you know, a couple of guys I got to give, you know, some huge credit to, Lyndon Brutnell and, and uh, retired, you know, Major Matt Nelson, worked their asses off 25 years in the Marine Corps, Major Nelson, to get people out. I was coordinating with them and many others, you know, that I'm friends with. And, and that's Afghanistan, where we can kind of control the narrative. We have operators, we have connections, we have sources. This is the Ukraine, folks. This is the Ukraine. Get the hell out. They can't save you. They won't save you. They've already proven it. If they can't save you from Afghanistan, they're not going to save you from the Russian army, period. So get the hell out. This is a nightmare scenario. Um, the fact that we're even... I, I have zero faith in the American... Uh, military and administration at this point in my lifetime. And I can't believe I'm saying that. I come from a military family. My grandfather's flags are on the mantle out there above the fireplace. I have zero faith that we can beat Russia in anything right now militarily. And if you do, I would like to know what you're smoking, what you're drinking, share, because I don't know what would make you think that we, are, we, are, we have the ability to do this. This is one of the top two or three militaries in the world. They have more nuclear weapons than we do. Their troops train to eat. Our troops are doing TikTok videos, <laughs> okay, in basic training. You know, seriously, Putin probably has grizzlies for pets. We've got a guy who can't even speak a complete <laughs> sentence. He writes our leader. It, it, it's insane at this point. I mean, once again, I, I'm going to be the whatnot guy tonight, Britt. Don't worry about it. You can take a night off. I got this. I'm going to uh, – Britt will be the normal one tonight if, if these questions keep coming that JV's posing. But God almighty, man. How can people not see this? 
We are screwed. As, as my grandpa always said, up shit creek without a paddle. Pardon the language. We're screwed. Yeah, it's, I was going to hand it off to Britt, but, I, but because of what you just said, I need to play this clip from Jen Psaki today because I think this is really telling about our posture here as it relates to Russia and Ukraine. I don't believe we've heard that window from that before. We recognize that if President Putin were to decide to invade, we don't have an assessment, as, he, as you heard him say, of him making that decision, but he could make that decision at any point. Rob, she's talking about it like he's deciding to go to the store and buy a buy a loaf of bread. Uh, you know, there's no urgency. There's no there's no th warning to Putin in those answers saying we hope he doesn't make the mistake of, you know, there's none of that. They're, she's just saying, well, we don't know if he's decided yet. He may make the decision anytime. So we just want to be prepared. It really sounds like they've com either completely acquiesced to the Russians on this or just completely indifferent about what happens or it's all a bunch of bullshit. I don't know which. Uh, well, this is what we've come to expect from this administration. There's zero transparency. There's zero um, gravity to any of the statements they make. They're constantly talking out of both sides of their mouth, uh, whatever's convenient. Uh, they answer no hard questions, and they, uh, you know, what, what did what, what's the soundbite? Play the soundbite, Britt. What, what happens if you ask Joe Biden a tough question? What's the? I thought you had that soundbite. What a stupid soundbite. Yeah, exactly. They think you're a stupid son of a, son of a, a <laughs> stupid son of a bitch. If you ask a question that has any sort of depth or meaning or uh, gravitas to any of these situations, this is a, uh, to use a, a Brit, I think Brit uh, mentioned this earlier, but it's like a dog and pony show. It's all that it is. It's all smoke screens and, and mirrors and flashing lights. And there, there's no substance to this. I, I don't know how people can watch the media, watch these press briefings and feel like they're coming away with anything substantial from it this is just all meaningless boilerplates and it's a game it's 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 depressing and it's sad uh joe biden is the wrong president he is the wrong president for this time in history i'll just leave it at that and as senator matt couch uh says i will yield back my <laughs> Brett, i'm going to play one more cut from the biden uh, holt interview comment on that and then take it where you want to go but this is our Commander-in-Chief. And, and there was no way we were ever going to unite Ukraine. I mean, excuse me, Iraq, Afghanistan. No way that was going to happen. Yeah, uh, Ukraine, uh, Iraq, uh, Afghanistan. I just had a flashback. Oh, boy. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we know where he's at mentally. I mean, I, I, I can't really fault him for that because I have three kids. And if I need to yell at my youngest, which is JT, I, I tend to work through Tyler Riley, JT, whichever fucking kid you are, get over here. So I, I get that, you know, you, you just, you kind of, kind of motor through your head, but it comes out your mouth, you know? So, but I, I feel bad that we, I mean, it's, it's, it's every day, every minute, every time we talk, it's brutal. I mean, I, I pray to God that there's an insider there that leaks the raw footage to Veritas so we can see it. The, the 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 stammers and everything that was cut out because you know it was bad you know it was bad so since we're talking about our lovely president i'm gonna start with this little uh gem that's got me kind of curious i'll start with rob this is a tweet from good old justin trudeau from canada which is america light luckiest bastards on this planet they get they rented the apartment above the best party in the world until recently and now it's a kind of a shit joke Anyway, today, POTUS Biden and I spoke about the illegal blockades at the border. I updated him on the situation. 
and we discussed the America, American and global influence on the protest. We agree that for the security of people and our economies, these blockades cannot continue. Providence, Providence, Providence. Is this the beginning of the one world order where these leaders are now starting to work together on? I mean, we shouldn't be interfering with anything in Canada at all, right? Uh, Britt, you're absolutely right. And I just want to give the biggest shout out to the truckers in Canada. They are the most important people right now in history on planet Earth right now. What they are doing is inspiring the entire world to throw off a potential biomedical security state takeover that will have everybody requiring uh, by government decree uh, medical treatments. Uh, in order to participate in society and to be tracked through QR codes and mobile devices and all of that for the rest of our lives. We, uh, as the, the generation that are the adults in the room, uh, during this time in history, are positioned to hand our children a world that has been so decimated and destroyed from what it used to be that they will not live in a world that is recognizable to what we grew up in. We're going to be sitting uh, 20, 30, 40 years down the road telling our grandkids uh, about a world that they have no clue uh, existed beforehand, uh, if we're not in prison by then. <laughs> so, uh, so I just want to give a big shout out to these, to these truckers. Um, um, they're holding the line. They're putting everything on the line. So, so, so listen to what the the conversation is and and the 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 mandates and the rhetoric around this. So uh, the mandates say that you can't travel, you can't hold your job uh, more than likely, and so on and so forth in Canada if you don't have the jabsonation. And if you protest, uh, you can't. Th 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 these are the things that Justin Trudeau laid out in the video before, it was either before or right after this statement. He said, um, you want we'll, we'll remove your license so essentially your ability to work we will uh potentially imprison you and take money away from you and that's that, that's what all of this is happening that's that this th is a zero win game for them like this isn't an incentive to threaten these people that are already um have gone this far to express uh their demonstration a peaceful process so here's the thing i'm looking at twitter earlier today and i'm seeing these uh tweets coming out uh the uh what was it the is it premier instead of governor in canada yeah the premier uh, rob is his name rob yes. ford or something like that he he comes out with a statement that uh he's declared a state of emergency that you know all of this must end and there's all this rhetoric about terrorists and and they're they're threatening the nation and all this other stuff and then i switch over to auto walks or uh, any of the other incredible live streamers that are there and I'm seeing families with children dancing around to happy by Pharrell. I'm not even joking. These are two separate realities. It is, it is absolutely ridiculous. I'm watching it tonight after Trudeau's statements. I pull up Auto Walks again. There, there's a band singing Strawberry Wine. And all of these people are in unity. And they're, it's totally peaceful. And th th this is about the best you could ask for. If you're an authoritarian government and you have the people rising up, um, yes, the economic that there's a, there's an ouchie on this. There's an economic cost to this, but what you have are Canadians uniting 
and you have authoritarian leaders yep. like Justin Trudeau, who is talking like he's the dictator of Canada, not an elected leader, not a representative that has a constituency of a people, but someone who's, who says my decree or I can, I can ruin your life. I can take the country on a different uh, path for, the, for perpetuity. And then we have President Biden, who we just saw him. What do you mean Justin Trudeau had a conversation with President Biden? Justin Trudeau had a conversation with what, 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 you know what I mean? Like, none of this makes any sense. And, uh, but I do believe that there are interests in the United States because they do not want this to come here and it's coming here. And I don't know why it didn't happen two weeks ago. Because giving them a month in advance, Chuck Carlson's like, oh, we're going to start it next month. That is probably the dumbest thing I've ever heard because that's going to give, listen, they want, Canada to turn into a gigantic J6 to where that's what these authoritarian governments want to do. They use the vaccine to split the population and then they want to be able to have a legal reason to go after the dissenters of these um, of this globalist takeover. That's exactly what they want to have want the in violence. the United States. I, I'm actually terrified violence. that we're going to have something far worse than J J6 will be a walk in the park compared to what could happen to this convoy if it gets infiltrated and bad things happen, and then they start calling it a terrorist act against the United States, and everybody that supported it and talked about it is deplatformed, is potentially prosecuted. We're going to have more people in solitary confinement. I mean, I'm really passionate about this topic. This is what I've been following all week. Uh, we need to wake up, like, we, we need to be as wake as we've ever been right now. Well, we, 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 we are going to have a problem because up in Canada, the feds, the police are already starting to show up on people's doorsteps. But going to you, Matt, so, so he has this conversation with Biden, and then, and then it's kind of funny because I have the two video clips that, uh, that Rob or that Providence literally just said word for word. I guess I don't need to play them. But, uh, but I, I ran across this clip. says, Trudeau huddles with opposition party leaders as trucker reinforcements arrive in Ottawa. But when you read down into the article, there's two things that are interesting here. It says the leaders Thursday night, which is the liberal and the conservative, the opposition leader, they're together. Leaders Thursday night to discuss, um, sorry, Trudeau is meeting with opposition leaders Thursday night to discuss the, uh, the protests in Ottawa, COVID-19, blah, blah, blah. Earlier in the day, interim conservative leader Candace Bur Burgeon reversed her party's position on the protest, telling hundreds of truckers and their supporters to pack up and go home. So the conservatives in Canada who were supporting this are now flipping, which shows you how powerful the one world order is, the Devos billionaires, the, 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 uh, the big pharma, da, 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 da. But what I find amazing is the next clip down, it says, news of the late night meeting came as another large caravan, caravan of truckers rolled into the Canadian capital, ready to offer reinforcements and support. So Matt, we're sending in support. I wonder if we're being smart enough that we're loading those trucks that are rolling in with food and other supplies so that they can stay there. So that they, maybe there's a whole trailer that rolls in that's nothing but Porta Johns so that, you know, everybody has a place to go to the bathroom, you know, and we thwart what the feds are trying to do because they're, you know, confiscating them. I mean, it just blows my mind. Number one, Trudeau talked to the America and they're trying to do something together, which is one word order shit. But now he's, they're strong arming the opposition. This opposition's falling in line. What the hell is that all about? And we have more truckers showing up. So this ain't ending anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, here, here's my take on this. And I, I may be devil's advocate here on this one. I think this situation in Canada is about to get really, really ugly on, on several fronts. I, I think at this point, probably the best thing that truckers can do is, to, honest to God, go home and park your trucks. 
and don't move them. Uh, because Canada is not America, and people are about to find that out. They will use their police forces and military against these people. They will prosecute them. They will arrest them. Uh, Canada is not free very well. It's not a free country, hardly. And we as Americans, I think, have a, a misconception that Canada is a lot like us because they're, they're north of us. It's not the case. Uh, they are very, you know, they've got you know, universal health care. It's, it's a very uh, dictator-like uh, government body and parliament. Um, you saw, I think, I think it was, uh, Doug, whatever the hell his name is, uh, you know, we broke the story at the D.C. Patriot this morning uh, on this situation where you know, he's the premier of Ontario. And the wording he uses, if you read, you listen to the whole press conference and you read the entire thing, uh, you know, like Providence brought up, this is not a good situation at all. You know, they're talking about $100,000 fines, one year in jail for everyone. You know, they're talking about $100,000 fine, one year in jail. They're reinforcing their military, reinforcing their, their police forces in Windsor and, and Ottawa. Um, this is going to get really ugly, guys. And I'm just being honest with you. I mean, no one wants to hear this. Everyone wants to think that the truck. I mean, I agree with everything Providence said. These guys are the heroes of our generation right now, generationally of what we're seeing making this stand, and it needs to happen. But I honestly, I think this is going to get ugly because this isn't America. You know, there, there, there's no there's no civil rights group that's going to come up and defend these truckers in Canada. Uh, and then, and mainly, a lot of it is coming from American corporations, Britt. I don't know if you know this or not, uh, but the corporations like GM, Ford, Toyota, they're bitching left and right to the Canadian government, along with Gretchen Whitmer in, in Michigan, if you've noticed that. And they're bitching about these bridges being shut down. GM has even been t uh, using helicopters and planes to fly short distances and take parts into the plants in Canada so they can keep the plants moving. So a lot of this is being pushed by the big billionaires in America who have companies that are affected by this. Um, so in my opinion, this is all being pushed you know, by, uh, by the American government as well as the American big corporations which control the American government. And, uh, and they know Canada is a lot more tyrannical than the United States. And I'll yield back and let you, let you respond to me on that, Brent. I find it amazing that all the government has to, all Canada has to do is just lift the mandates. Just lift your mandates. Everybody goes home. I do like that idea of what you said because, you know, uh, you know what? We've talked about it enough. I might as well play this. I'm going to play this, uh, JV. Uh, hopefully it down happens. Let me know if it doesn't. We're now two weeks into the siege of the city of Ottawa. I call it a siege because that's what it is. It's an illegal occupation. This is no longer a protest. With a protest, you peacefully make your point and you go back home. And I know that the vast majority of the people did that. They came, they peacefully demonstrated, they made their point, and they left. And I want to say to those people, you've been heard loud and clear. Canada has heard you. My message to those still in Ottawa, to those at our border crossings, please go home. To those of you who have brought your children, Please take them home. I urge you. It's time to leave. I don't know, JV. I'm thinking that uh, maybe this is a warning that uh, they're about to drop the hammer. This is this is what I tweeted uh, earlier. Uh, I can't wait to watch this guy drop the hammer on the truckers and then and then the trucks and try and get them out there. They're going to damage all those trucks because they're not going to come out easy. And the tow truck companies have already said they're not going to touch it. And my question is, once they drop the hammer on all these truckers and then damage all their trucks, dragging them out of there... Who the fuck's going to deliver to them? Who's going to bring them their food? I mean, they can use their National Guard, their military for a little bit, but 
they'll never replace all the truckers. I mean, you, they've already, there's already a trucker shortage. You lose 15, 20, 25% of them because you destroyed their trucks and you locked them up and you pissed them off. So they're going to say, that city's about to really experience having no food delivered. Yeah. Uh, for, first of all, before I get into it, I just want to thank Laura QAnon in our uh, Foxhole chat for the contribution. And I know there was someone else that contributed that I missed the name and I can't scroll back far enough to grab it. So I apologize for not giving you a shout out, but thank you for the contribution. Maybe you saw it, Britt. I don't know. Did you, did you catch it? I did. I can't get back to it either. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, listen, a couple things have happened. First of all, this 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 use of the word siege in that last clip, that's a page right out of what's happening here in the United States with the insurrection talk, the J6 talk, all of that. They're trying to paint this in military terms. We, I've seen these press mashups uh, played all over the place where many people on CNN, MSNBC, other networks are using words. They're saying things like there are people in this crowd that say they want to overthrow the government. They are doing their best to paint this into some type of hostile attack on the Canadian government when it's nothing of the sort. It's not even close to that. Um, I'm a little bit torn here because when Black Lives Matter uh, was in the height of their protests during the summer of 2020, and anytime they would, a bunch of them would go into the middle of a bridge and sit down and, and do a, a protest there and block traffic, I'd get pissed off. I'd get really pissed off. And I would say, yell at the television, I'd say, why don't the frickin' police just haul their asses off? Uh, so I'm a little torn as to how I feel about this because I believe in what these truckers are doing. I didn't believe in what those Black Lives Matter protesters were doing. So my buy-in to the to the what they're protesting kind of is swaying my opinion of what they're doing. So I have to just admit that up front. I also want to say this. We are watching these mandates fall all over the place. Blue states, especially here in the United States, because they're recognizing the political ramifications of this. The science hasn't changed. The political science has changed. And now these mandates are dropping. So what the hell is preventing the Canadian government, Justin Trudeau, from saying, we are at the end anyway. Let's drop the mandates. Let's make everybody happy. And everybody can go home and this nation can get on with the business of being a nation. The only thing that's preventing them is ego. Ego. They don't want to admit defeat. So they're willing... And as everybody has pointed out here, to create a situation that's as volatile as it is, that uh, there could be gunfire, there could be bloodshed, there could be uh, mass chaos, because those truckers are not going to back down. And it sounds to me like the police forces and maybe even the military are marshalling to force them out of there. As everybody said, this is going to get ugly. And as Justin Trudeau has said, all options are on the table. That's the kind of thing you say when Russia is about to invade Ukraine. That's about that's the type of thing you say when, as an Israeli uh, government official when you know that Iran is three weeks away from a nuclear bomb. You say all options are on the table, and that's the language that Justin Trudeau is using right now. Yes, and I think it is going to get ugly. But you know what's interesting, JV? Part of the reason why they're they the establishment is so frustrated is these. Truckers have stayed peaceful. I mean, they're having dance parties. They're bringing in, you know, bouncy houses. They're doing raves at night. And as long as they stay peaceful, like Martin Luther King style peaceful, whatever the government does, they're going to lose. They come in and drop the hammer and, you know, use fire hoses and dogs and rubber bullets on peaceful protesting. They'll look bad on them. But again, 
They can't let them win. They can't, the, the world order, they can't let them win because if they win, man, now we know how to do it. We just prove to the people, the working class, that we, we can win if we all stick together. They can't let that happen. So I'm going to roll on to, uh, to the next level of scariness up in Canada, which is kind of happening here. There's CIAs watching us too. But I've never, this is caught on tape and it blew my mind. Sorry, since you're at my home, can I just get your name and your badge number, yeah, please? I have a card here. Okay. It's Erica Ingram. Thank you. And this is just some information about peaceful protests. That's all it is. Okay. So you saw something on my Facebook? No, on the Facebook group. <clears throat> okay. And decided to come to my personal residence to give me information about peaceful protest? Yes. Okay. So are the Peterborough police? No, you're with OPP? Um, are you guys now monitoring people's Facebook pages? or Facebook groups to who comments as to what their um, uh, status updates are or what they're doing or okay, so within the group? Like because of the protests happening province-wide, yes, we have been monitoring the protests. Okay? okay. So there's a protest coming up. I'm simply providing you with information about a peaceful protest and now I'm leaving. Oh, okay. That is all. So the Ontario Provincial Police are watching what people are doing on Facebook in different groups, whether or not they're commenting, participating, liking, and you guys are now doing service calls to give people information about peaceful protests. Yeah, it's just a proactive measure to make sure you understand your rights about peaceful protesting. I absolutely, I have. So I cut that a little short. Um, this scares the hell out of me. Number one, they said she is so polite and so cute when she's basically telling you you're being watched, you're being tracked, and if you don't do what we suggest that you do, we're going to put you in a boxcar. I mean, this is in, this is intimidation because how the hell did they get that lady's address from Facebook? Did Facebook give that to the police, Rob? Or Providence? Did they, that's, that is scary, and that is a they're putting a shot across the bow of everybody who might have a different opinion than the establishment in Canada that we're watching you. This scares the hell out of me. Uh, yeah, Britt. Well, to be clear, I think they probably only need their name off their profile, considering people on Facebook generally put their real name on there. Uh, their <laughs> Facebook has worked with uh, law enforcement in other ways. So, but at any rate, this isn't a courtesy call and just a, a kind thing. This is a veiled threat. This is intimidation. This is. Oh, you're just talking in social media about demonstrating. Well, guess what? We're listening to you. That's the message that they're trying to convey. They're not they, that pamphlet has nothing to do with what they want to say. Really, what they want to say is that we're sending police to your door to in response to what you do on social media. Now, since the beginning of the pandemic, we have seen uh, glimpses of this happening across the world, namely Australia where uh if you recall there was a, a mask mandate protest i believe where they arrested a pregnant woman in her home because she was posting in support of a protest and so this is the world that we're moving into this is the way that the entire world would prefer to be uh to you know to govern is a sort of uh technocratic like sort of uh system to where they have they have all the data they have all the information on you your tracking devices in your pocket it's got all of your opinions that they've that they've mapped this out listen i used to work in in big data marketing I, I i did research and development in big data platforms 
when they were emerging in the early 2000s, 2010 era. And I have seen some of these uh, tools that these large corporations use uh, as, as social media was exploding at that time as a preferred method of communication and particularly news gathering. And I have seen what they do as far as mapping out people's opinions, people's emotions, all of these things. And we're talking like early, you know, beta 1.0 releases of these tools, what the, the governments of the world have and the different um, uh, contractors that they're using to gather information about people, especially companies like Google and Facebook that have information and data that is far more compelling than anything that we could even realize. Uh, the path that we're headed down is, is quite terrifying. And uh, I, once again, this is, a, this is a situation to where we can see the problem. This, we don't want this. We don't want, uh, we would prefer for our private conversations in a private group to remain private. But we have to really have the conversation if we want to fix this problem. Excuse me. We have to have the conversation as to what we think the world should look like and how these tools should be used. There should probably be a whole internet bill of rights that protects uh, the principles of the Constitution because essentially they're subverting it. And this is in Canada, by the way. But you know that they're doing things similar to this in the United States, maybe not sending the policemen to your door necessarily, but in different ways. And, uh, yes, absolutely. You know, the fact checking and all these other things. All that I'm saying is, yes, this is a problem. It's popping up all over the world. We need to start talking about the solution or this is, this is going to be like a nightmare. Exactly. So Matt, so, so the, the, the popo showing up at that lady's house, um, really set her back a little bit, but fortunately she was smart enough to film it. It's crazy how everything is being filmed nowadays. Everything, all these kids in schools, these masks, it's amazing. It's, it's awesome. And it's. And I think it's kind of a double-edged sword. Um, but something to touch on something that Providence just brought up was the corporate angle to this. The corporations are pushing because parts aren't going. They're pushing the, each government to fix this. But I know it's Canada, but you know it's going to happen here. Or it may have already happened here. But that just bothers me that they send out this cute little blonde, you know, to go out and do her thing and flip her hair around and be like, here's your little pee. The level of psychology that they're using, she, and, and she's so polite. And, yep, we're watching you. But what she's doing is so draconian. And it, it, I don't even know where to go with this. It just bothers me on so many levels other than, yeah, I'm, I'm going to shut up while I'm ahead. I mean, I think a lot of it, too, is it, it's there's a pecking order when it comes to the police department. Most of my guys are LEOs and feds on my team, private investigators. You know, we travel around the country to investigate a lot of stuff. So there's a pecking order, you know, like they're not going to send a – you know, a sergeant, you know, of 12 or 15 years is not going to go out and make those calls. They're going to put the more inexperienced people to go do the grunt style work. So I think that might be where that comes in as well. Uh, but, you know, it, it's it's it just it shows and reeks of tyranny. Yeah. You know, while we're doing the show, I think I've been messaging JV and I'm just going to tell you, you know, I know JV's the only one that knows this, literally the only one that knows this yet. I haven't even announced this. But while we were on the air, I have just been indefinitely suspended on YouTube. Uh, my channel has been deleted. You got your uh, strike? Suspended. Got my third strike out of nowhere for some reason. Spreading misinformation, they claim. But it gives everything that Providence was just saying, you know, basically, which is, you know, that's a channel that I've had for four years that, you know, they have throttled off and on. It's got, you know, tens of thousands of, of subs. It's gone. They just deleted it. 
Uh, and it says basically, you know, you're in repeat violations of our community guidelines. We have this, we removed your channel from YouTube. Uh, and it says you've been permanently removed from the channel from YouTube going forward. We won't you'll be able to access, possess, or create any other YouTube channels. Uh, and it goes into the problems, just kind of, he was talking about that before you talked, you know, of, of where this is really scary because these tech companies, uh, to, to follow what he was saying, they're coordinating with the authorities, with police, based on their beliefs, right? Based on what their bylines are, what their agenda is, their narrative is. And so obviously Facebook is working with them, but police have an ineptability. We know we've done this. I can't tell you how many people, you know, when I'm investigating someone, uh, for example, the murder of Seth Rich, if we get a name, you know, we have the software and the abilities with licensed PIs and law enforcement guys to where we can find, you know, uh, and, and some of the guys that I work with that are, you know, in the alphabet agencies that are retired and, and, and some of the, the white hats in our group that, you know, can find just, just almost anyone, if that makes sense, guys. So, I mean, that's, they can find you pretty relatively easily, especially on Facebook uh, with, with a little bit of a background check and some things of that nature. So um, I, it doesn't surprise me they found them. It's not that hard to do. I'm not trying to sound, you know, like a blowhard or arrogant. It's just really not that hard if you know what you're doing and you're, and, and, and especially for police departments, uh, you know, they've got software that, that, that just literally they can, you know, it, it's, it's pretty, pretty simplified, if that makes sense. They put in a name, they're going to back up the name with the, you know, with the addresses, the, 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 the pictures. And, but the point is to, to go what you're saying, Britt, they literally have people assigned to this. Okay. This is not something that just, you know, you know, you're, you've got a whole team assigned to this, right? They probably got 10 or 15 or 20 people that are going through these posts and searching, defining, finding, and then they're sending them out. You know, they're, they're sending them out through dispatchers. That's your scary part is not that they can find you that quickly, but that they've got a whole team invested in doing this. And I'll yield back. Yeah. Uh, so, Mike, would I be correct in assuming that you have a Rumble account that people can catch your stuff on? Yo, yo, yeah. I'm, I'm everywhere but YouTube and Twitter. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. It sounds good now. But, you know, in two weeks, we'll all be together. I'll be like, I'm everywhere but YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And then two more weeks, I'm everywhere but YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's coming. At this point, anyone who speaks right. truth, they want to silence, you know. Uh, by the That's way, the way I want to and up. I want to thank and oh, I wanted to say something yeah. here, real quick, Britt. Um, I'm trying to become a famous uh, YouTuber that makes pinch pots and uh, uh, paints them um, uh, for uh, essentially for the cause. <laughs> and so I just want to say publicly that Matt Couch has blocked me from Twitter, we have no affiliation. So YouTube, uh, we're not just because we're on the same row here doesn't mean we're best buds, you know. Like, actually, you know, I'm kind of more into. I, you know, I, what I'm trying to say is, I agree. YouTube, it was probably the right thing. This guy's, this guy's. Uh, <laughs> you look at the boots. <laughs> look at the boots. Oh my god. All right, tolerant leftists, thank you for the can and Foxhole. We appreciate it. JV. Do what you want. Take it where you want. Whatever. It's your world. I'm just borrowing. You know, the, the U.S. military <laughs> has said openly that they are spying on uh, their members' uh, social media accounts to see which of them are domestic terrorists and violent extremists. Blah blah blah. The U.S. government is heavily involved in this. And as Matt said, they may not have uh, police officers showing up at people's houses at this point, unless you're Roger Stone. Uh, otherwise, you know, they 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 are they have the mechanism in place to do it should the event arise. And that's what they're talking about in very veiled tones when they're talking about trying to stop this trucker protest from happening here in the United States before it starts. I mean, again, we talked about this the other night. When have we ever heard uh, the federal government take this kind of action on a protest before it happens? They, it's, 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 
kind of unprecedented, at least in my awareness. So uh, we have to watch this very closely. The Biden administration has crossed so many lines that we never thought would be crossed. They continue to amaze me at how brazen they are uh, in violating constitutional protections. They just seem to have to have no regard. And then they'll say things like, well, it'll take a while to get through the courts. While that's going on, we'll just do this. Uh, that is not a, an administration that is in power for the people, by the people, et cetera. It's just not. Um, let's see. What do we want to talk about? Because, wow, we're already over an hour. Oh, I, this I thought was kind of interesting. What's that? What? Liberty Bell and Foxhole just gave us a cookie. Thank you, Liberty. Well, thank you. So there have been a lot of people that have been sounding alarm bells about the national debt. We've surpassed, surpassed $30 trillion dollars in immediate debt. And then when you look at unfunded mandates, the liabilities from those unfunded mandates, things like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, all these programs into the future, you're looking at double that in additional debt, uh, which is about $60 trillion, which is three times the national GDP. But suddenly, one of the most listened to people in the country has uh, said something about it. So hopefully people are going to start listening. Elon Musk has said something has got to give, and he issues dire warnings about the national debt. On Thursday evening, Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk noted that the national debt, which hit a record high of $30 trillion last week, is not sustainable. He said true national debt, including unfunded entitlements, is at least $60 trillion, roughly three times the size of the U.S. economy. Something has to give. Matt, does it take someone like Elon Musk to start making comments about the national debt and maybe someone will start taking it seriously because I think all of us recognize you just can't keep borrowing this money at this level and expect everything to be okay. Well, eventually the Chinese are going to cash in at some point, right? I mean, how many bonds do they own at this point? Uh, you know, of America, they're buying up land. You know, Chad Prather, a good friend of mine has been advocating for this and he's getting hell from the rhinos to support Greg Abbott in Texas in his gubernatorial campaign about all the land the Chinese are buying in Texas. You know, nobody wants to talk about the real issues. And I agree with you. Maybe Elon Musk will do it. You know, he's about to move Tesla, you know, to Texas, move all their headquarters, move most of his companies there. Who knows? I mean, Elon has been a, a beacon of shining light here lately with his, with his stance on these things. And it's great to see because it is something, uh, you know, to where, you know, he's got like, I think 70 or I think he's almost up to 70 million followers on Twitter alone. Um, and he's a guy that people follow that are, that are not necessarily just conservatives, a lot of independents, a lot of moderates, uh, you know, take what he says and and take it to heart. And he's really, you know, he's kind of taken the torch from President Trump on Twitter, so to speak, with the slamming of, uh, of leftist ideology. But uh, I, I think it's a start, JV. I mean, I hope, I hope, I don't know that it's going to ever be fixed, though. The problem is you've got guys like Rand Paul who say no more. You've got guys like Thomas Massey who say no more. And that's about it, honest to God. There's, there's really... No one that everyone's like, oh, well, you know, what's another trillion? And, and, they, and it's just business as usual. And then the Republicans cave because they've got morons like McCarthy and McConnell running the show who cave to everything the Democrats want. They pass a damn spending bill for two or three trillion. No one looks at the fine print. And then somebody all of a sudden goes, man, did you know we're giving 600 million to Planned Parenthood and they're taking 350 million and using it in Democrat campaigns to beat Republicans? It's like, no, really? Shocker. They've only been doing that for a decade. Same thing with the teachers' unions. So basically, the Republicans are allowing these idiots to fund NPR, to fund the teachers' unions, to fund Planned Parenthood, 
And then they take that money, most of those organizations, and turn around and use it to run Democrat campaigns and to back those campaigns. And that's and so that goes into the, your whole debt conversation, too. Why is this not a matter? You're, you're right, JV. Why is this not a massive talking point uh, for conservatives across the board? Are, are, I mean, but here's the thing. I haven't dug into this, JV. How many conservative groups are getting money and then turning around and doing the same damn thing, right? I think it really needs to be investigated. But, you know, I agree with you. I hope Elon put some light on it. But God almighty, I mean, it's what, 15 years, no one's cared about the, the debt or tried to balance a budget? Yeah, I think the last time there was any serious conversation about balancing the budget and the national debt was Newt Gingrich and Bill Clinton years. Uh, I think that was the last time it was taken very seriously. And then, of course, when we hit uh, the the two thousand uh, the tw um, the nine eleven era of twenty uh, two thousand one, uh, people stopped worrying about spending money and figured we had to spend anything we needed to spend to keep the country safe. And we've been on that path for twenty years. Uh, one of the things that we have to be aware of, uh, Providence, is the fact that the Fed has said there may be as many as six interest rate hikes this year to combat inflation. One of the benefits the federal government has had over the last 15, 20 years, as far as the national debt goes, is they haven't had to pay any interest on it. You start with six interest rate hikes in one single year, suddenly the whole federal budget will start will be consumed by paying debt uh paying interest on this national debt nothing left for anything else i mean that's how real this is uh yeah jv uh this is uh on purpose um this is uh intending to collapse the system into something different into a completely different monetary system now if you're um a smart person like me and you're a big fan of Elon Musk, you know, I'm just getting prepared to move to Mars where I'm going to elect Senator Matt Couch uh, to be my representative. <laughs> and he will never be banned from Mars tube. Um, and uh, I'm just going to have my electric car up there, uh, be listening to the Independence Gang podcast, and I'll be a Martian. So uh, you, you know, Star Wars is probably where we're going next. Uh, you know, everybody can see that that's where it's going. So maybe we should like kind of go that route. Uh, I don't know. Uh, what do you think, Matt? <laughs> Man, put me on the spot there, <laughs> Senator Couch. You know, I did say I did say last December, and I said December of 2020 because I was pissed off and I was on stage speaking, and I was so angry with Tom Cotton that I said I would run against him in 2024 if no one else would. And now I'm going. It's an oh shit factor. Nobody wants to run against you in Arkansas. And I'm like, oh my God, am I going to have to run for U.S. Senate in a couple of years? I sure hope not. I, I really want the guy gone. But yeah, I mean, good. well, I'll tell you what, maybe you'll be my chief of staff if we have to make this happen, buddy. Well, you're good at the yield back part. I, I think that should be like your slogan. Vote for I'm Matt trying to pull Couch. moderates back across the line. You know, I feel like I can grab some moderates go. with a yield back. Yeah, I'm Matt Couch and go. I yield back. There's your... There's your... <laughs> There's your campaign. <laughs> hey, uh, I just want to thank Jr., who's one of our uh, rotating guest panelists here. He's the banker of the group. He's throwing out numbers in the YouTube chat about what type of figures uh, would be involved here with these interest rate hikes as far as servicing the national debt. He said it will, uh, one of the things he says quickly, it'll turn into trillions of dollars, which will consume a third of all federal tax receipts. I mean, this is real. This is going to be a real issue. Uh, Brett, I'm going to change the subject slightly, but feel free to talk about any of this stuff. Um, the Democrats who are facing oh, 
dismal prospects in the midterms. Uh, many of them, and particularly ones that are facing particularly tough races, are asking the Biden administration to come up with more COVID relief money to distribute so they can give it to their uh, constituents to buy some votes. Um, have they not learned this inflation lesson yet, Britt? No, no, no. They don't. In their little pea brains, again, I, 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 we, we, we elect the dumbest among us, apparently. Um, one thing I've learned is that when you look at a politician and they have a squeaky clean background, that is now a red flag in my book. If you don't have maybe a petty theft arrest when you were a kid, you know, you weren't caught with a hooker in the park or you know, screwing a girlfriend in the park or maybe a drunken rage night. You know, that, that, I think those are the people we need to start, uh, start electing, the true people of this country. All these people that have such a clean record are a problem because as soon as they get power, they go down the they, – they, they don't know how to steal and not get caught. They go so big and so crazy that we're all watching it now. So here, here's – going forward, if someone's running for Senate, they have to have some kind of screwed-up background. Maybe they had an alcoholic abusive dad. Maybe they come from a split parent. Something to ground them to the reality of the suck of life. That's what we need. Um, I do want to thank Elf Spark for the cookie. And I believe Elf Spark is the one who donated at the very beginning. So thank you, Elf, for the support. Thank you, Liberty Bells, again for the cookie. We really appreciate the support. It helps more than you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I totally lost track of what the question was. I just know that we, we are electing the wrong people that are screwing us over. And here's the amazingly funny thing about it is when we blow up and we go Mad Max, Mel Gibson, original Mad Max, when that happens, 99.9% .9 of those people who think they were going to be in charge are going to be our bitches. We're going to have them on the front of the cars with the spikes through their body as we lead into the storm or we charge in uh, because they're dumb. They're dumb and they'll be worthless to society at that point. I uh, the people that oh, that that have squeaky cl clean records and come into office without much to criticize tend to be people who have been groomed for office, and they are the worst people to have in office because they've spent their whole life's yep. path being groomed to hold political office, and therefore uh, they don't have any real world experience and they don't have any uh, real world knowledge. I've got one I, more. Th Go ahead. I want to. I I want to. I want a two a two ex wife. Heavily drinking, cigar smoking, a womanizing or manizing. So you want Winston, or. You want Winston um, Churchill. That's exactly who's in my head. I want Winston Churchill and George Patton. Put them two together. That's who I want in office. Uh, one more thing. Uh, Matt, um, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was now, um, a senator, a Democrat senator, um, had, had a stroke. Senator Senator Lujan, I think is how you pronounce the last name, L-U-J-A-N, um, had a stroke. He's a Democrat from New Mexico. It was said at the time that it was minor and that he would uh, be back. He would have a full recovery and be back at work in the Senate, which, as you know, a single senator from either side uh, not being a present is a major issue at a 50-50 at a Senate. This senator the, his uh, communications team has not been giving updates about his health. He hasn't been seen. He hasn't been in Washington, obviously. And people are starting to get very, very concerned that there may be something far more serious uh, with uh, Senator Lujan. Um, it doesn't upset too much because I think New Mexico has a Democrat governor. Therefore, if, if Lujan had to resign because of health issues, a Democrat would be uh, 
replaced uh, in, as in, as is replacement by the governor. But uh, I mean, is this something that that should alarm anybody? Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. I guess it's somewhat alarming. New Mexico is really a dumpster fire. I've got some friends that live there from a, a voting standpoint, and how liberal that that state has gotten. I mean, it's. I mean, I think it's it's kind of like uh, you know the Democrats. Once again, they stick together. We've talked about this. I mean, look, I'm going to go into Ruth Bader Ginsburg for a second to answer your question. I mean, how many people remember when Fox News put up the obituary of her a year before she died, and then you saw her like what twice in the yeah. entire year, and the next thing you know, that there she is, she's passed away. So, I mean, I don't know that they're necessarily covering anything up or hiding anything, but it sure makes you wonder how Fox News could get something that wrong, you know, uh, that they put up her, like, it wasn't like, I was literally, I remember I was watching it as back when I had my condo, so I had my office in one part, and my living room set off adjacently to the right, and I had it on, you know, on, in my living room, and I was watching it, and I just came off my morning show, and I saw the, I mean, I'm talking full screen, right? With the dates, the, the, her name, the black and white. And then nobody says anything about it. Now, everyone took a picture. I had a DVR, right? I mean, it was on the cable box. So obviously, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm, you know, you can Google my name and find th- a thousand articles from the, my friends at Right Wing Watch, Raw Story, BuzzFeed about what a conspiracy theorist I am. But are they covering something up? I would say absolutely, if that's your question, JB. I mean, there's, they're notorious for doing this shit. The uh, this brings up a bigger question: uh, If they are willing to cover up uh, the health of a senator, obviously they're willing to do the same thing over the health of a president, Providence. Uh, and we know this particular president, if if uh, if not already, at some point very very soon, uh, he's going to have health issues that would disqualify him from continuing in office. Well, JV, this is a very, very professional and serious show, and I noticed I was making a lot of jokes. So I asked JR in chat, I'm a really awful guest. Can you just tell me what to say? (laughs) And he said, Biden is a genius. So that's what I'm going to (laughs) say. Biden is actually a genius. Like the way he talks is because his mind is moving so much faster than ours. No, no, no. Let's get back to your question. Uh, obviously, uh, he, he's unfit. I, I think I think in any mental cognitive standpoint, he's he's unfit. He's unfit when he was running. Um, he's obviously, uh, you know, taking some sort of medication to get through some of the things he needs to get through. But, you know, he, he's a laughing stock on the world stage. He's falling asleep all the time. He rambles uh, incoherently. Um, he's constantly losing his train of thought. Um, and you know, we probably you've probably covered this since uh, he's been inaugurated. The stories that have come out that have supposedly been leaked by his staffing staffers in the White House. They're saying they're essentially their job is just to babysit him all the time. Let me ask you. Let me ask and you more so, of a specific question, though, Providence. How okay. how far would the lengths be that they would go to hide his his uh, inability to to uh, um, do the uh, con- conduct himself in his office? I mean. Would we, would we see body doubles? Would we see CGI Bidens? Uh, you know, how far do you, if they're willing to hide this senator's illness, how far do you think they're willing to go to hide Bidens? Well, I think that it would go pretty far just due to the simple fact that Kamala Harris is so unliked and untrusted among the American people. You, you, would have, we, we, you know, many of us were thinking uh, before the election, excuse me, because of how ridiculous that card was that the plan was just to get Biden out of there, like by the midterms, like he's just going to step down and he still might. 
the problem is that Kamala is not liked. She's like, even within her own circles, I don't think she's that influential. Um, she was just supposed to be the darling and uh, she's not, she's just, she's just not. Um, I find it fascinating that Hillary's kind of coming back, but I, I don't know what's going on there. I think when it comes to covering this up, they're going to ride it out until like, it's literally a, like he's literally like in the hospital or something. Um, do we get CGI or fake? That's really tough to pull off. And if you screw that up, oh boy, you're in a world of trouble. So, um, I think that that's like, uh, what seditious or whatever that would be, that would be a, a, a horrible conspiracy that would get a lot of people thrown in prison, like for real. Um, so I, I'm more on the, I'm more on the side of that. They're just going to try to put Kamala in there and maybe, I don't know. You just hide so we'll him see. as much as possible. Britt, uh, the last point I'll make, and, and I wasn't, I didn't even think about this until Matt made the comment about the, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg obituary on Fox news. And they, he had DVR'd it. Um, this isn't directly related to a news uh, issue, but I had the experience very recently where I had DVR'd a program and that program, um, and I'd actually gone through and saved it specifically so it wouldn't be deleted off my DVR, even though, you know, it's constantly recording stuff. And that program had some controversial material in it. And I went to watch it the other day and it was gone from my DVR. So in addition to being able to pull, pull things off streaming services, et cetera, et cetera, the cable companies have an ability to go into your DVR and delete things they don't want you to have. I wasn't aware of yep. this until I That's had that. Got a hard yeah, I wasn't got aware of that until I had this experience. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. We need to bring back the VHS machines. I have a question. This is Brit, it's your show. It's JV's show. Can I hijack it for five minutes? Go for it. But it's not for me. I have nothing to say. I'm, I, no, I used to do this all the time. I haven't done it in a while. I'm going to start doing it on my show on Fridays when I have uh, you guys on. Think about trying to get you guys on every Friday just to have some fun. A little wide open Friday. But I used to do this back when I had a morning show for three straight years for politics. I'm going to start with Providence here. I'm going to ask some questions. We're going to go around the horn. I'll do one oh question at a time. I got five. It's a lightning round. It's a lightning round. Five questions, oh and the questions I'm going to be honest with you guys uh, up front. They're going to suck. All right. Oh boy. So, uh, but you got to answer them. You got to answer them. Okay. Uh, you saw the first one if you were in the uh, Gitter chat. Here's the first question: Does Biden wear boxers or briefs, Providence? Uh, diaper. Diaper. Brit, boxers or briefs, Joe Biden, your president. It's gonna be it's gonna be brief so it holds the diaper tighter to his ass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> All right, JV. Boxers or briefs, Joe Biden, what do you think he is? What boxers are those what are those big things that women used to have to wear that go all the way down to their ankles so and with elastic so shit doesn't leak out when it spills? Um, you know, whatever that is. Bloomers? I don't know what the hell they are. Bloomers? <laughs> yeah. Bloomers? Yeah. We'll go with bloomers. We'll go with bloomers. All right, here we go. Here we go. Would you let AOC dance for you, Providence? You're on a date with AOC. Uh, can she dance for you? Da dance? Uh, yes. Yeah, AOC can dance for me. Sure. <laughs> I mean, Rip, what's your what's your answer on that one, buddy? You, it's the only good video of AOC. Well, her dance my, my, video. Yeah, um, is there a poll involved? <laughs> you can. You. It's your imagination. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I'm but. sorry. I think. I, look, I think AOC. I don't agree with her mentally at all. I mean, she's a, but I, I, she's she's cute enough. I would hit on her if we were age appropriate for each other. I, if we were in a bar together, I would totally hit on her. 
So, yeah, she could dance for me, clothed or naked. I don't care. JV, I know you're a married man. This is probably a tough question for you. But let's say you're not married. We've got to be hypothetical here. You know, AOC, you know, she got the, the dance video was probably her most famous video when she was running for office. I would if, definitely. If you were single. Yeah, I would definitely allow her to dance. And it's just a question of whether it would uh, either be uh, make me smile or laugh. I'm not sure. I might just laugh at it, uh, which would be a better result, I think. And, and Chase Geyser is more than welcome to answer the questions along in the chat. I see Chase in the chat there as well. So Hillary Clinton has 65 friends who committed suicide. Providence, is that normal? <laughs> uh, I am not uh, friends with Matt Couch. I don't follow his YouTube channel. <laughs> Um, I love Susan Wojcicki. Uh, love, love the Clintons. Uh, you know, uh, yield back my time, Senator. So, so you're, you, so you, you would admit that the Clintons do not like Matt Couch, then, probably. Is that fair to say? Uh, uh, Susan Wojcicki is like, she's, she knew what she was doing. Let's just put it that way. There, there you go, Brent. Brent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to make it as light as I can, so uh, we, we've got some uh, some fun to attend to here, all of us guys. Hillary Clinton has 65 friends who committed suicide. Do you find that normal, Britt? Uh, 65 now. Um, just making sure she's not behind me. Uh, <laughs> that, that's actually an insane number. That is an insane number. I didn't realize it was 65. But, yeah, that's, it, that's it not is. normal. I, I, no, no, no. Yeah, I've been investigating her a while. Yeah, it, it's a legit number, and... Uh, JV, you're getting oh the question here. I mean, you're uh, you know you're in the studio. I don't see anyone behind you, so you can answer clearly. I'll tell you what. 65 suicides for one person seem normal to you, right? Have you met Hillary Clinton? I think if if you were if you knew Hillary Clinton, it might drive you to suicide. In all honesty, the real answer here is that uh, I wouldn't have thought that was normal, uh, you know, 30 years ago. But now, given what I've seen in this government and particularly the Democrats and how they deal with people and how they treat people uh, who are their uh, political opponents, suddenly it, it seems perfectly normal for them. And I, th I think so too. I think so too. La I got two. Yeah, no, I got the last question. I I'm being gentle here. Oh no, I got two. I got two. Providence, what does what does what does Congressman Ted Lieu do for fun, in your opinion? Um, he watches. He used to watch Matt Couch's YouTube. <laughs> oh, yeah, he he's going to be very, he's going to be he crying, weeping, weeping to himself, maybe in the shower every day, every morning, instead. So when he goes to visit, Ed, Ted Lou? Goes to visit Ed Buck. You know, maybe he'll be disappointed uh, when he goes to visit his friend Ed Buck. So who knows? Who knows? Britt, what does Ted? He's in your state. What which, does Ted Lou do for fun? Which one's Ted Lou? Which what's, what's his claim to fame? The, yeah, he's the air. He's the uh, lieutenant in the Air Force. You know, um, he just actually came out, believe it or not, saying that her, that natural immunity was better than the vaccine. Shockingly enough. But he's a yeah, I don't. Guy, I, why am I not? If our left guy, I, I, what does he do for fun? Yeah, yeah. yeah, what does he do for fun? Makes people miserable for fun because that's what they do. They're miserable people, so he makes other people miserable for fun. Perfect answer, JV. What do you think Ted Lou does for fun? I got one more question after this. I'll leave you. Guys Ted Lou watches videos of AOC dancing for fun. That's what he does for fun. Mm. Ooh, perfect. Last yeah. question. This one's going to be the best one. Gentlemen, you're stuck in an elevator with three. You've got three choices. You're going to have to be stuck with one of these people. You got to tell me who and why. Your three choices are Troy Behar, 
There you go, Joy Behar, Whoopi Goldberg, or Joe Biden. I'm going to go in reverse order here, JV. I think I'd re I would really like the opportunity to be stuck in an elevator with Joy Behar so I can tell her what an idiot she is. I mean, I'd, I'd similarly like to tell Whoopi Goldberg what an idiot she is, but I honestly believe Joy Behar is one degree more of an idiot than Whoopi Goldberg is. And as much fun as it would be to, t to tell Joe Biden what an idiot he is, he wouldn't remember it in the morning, so it wouldn't matter. Britt, you got to pick one. So it's Joy Behar, Whoopi Goldberg, Joe Biden. You're stuck in an elevator with one of those three. Which one? You get to choose at least. Which one would you rather be stuck with, Britt? Um, I would. I, uh, uh, Joy Behar's on the View, also, right? That's the other the other nut job. It's Whoopi and Joy. Um, I mean, <laughs> yes, I, I, I don't. Yes. I, I normally, normally, I would pick the president of the United States, but JV's right. He won't remember. But also, it would stink. It would smell like old person shit. Because of all the poop that's in the diaper, um, so I would probably, you know, Whoopi Goldberg is a larger woman with a cane, so she would have a weapon to beat me with. So I'm gonna go with Joy Behard, um, because at least she wouldn't shit on me or beat me with a cane. Pro province, last question. You got to pick one: Joy Behar, Whoopi, Joe Biden. You're stuck in an elevator. Who would you rather be stuck with, and why? So, kind of the uh, the lightning rounds, uh, crappy question of the day. Uh, uh, Joy, Joy Behar, she's she's a babe, and uh, you know, <laughs> she's, a, she's a babe. Oh like, my god! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like I kind of like in YouTube chat, Stickman Mike's uh, answer was uh, "blow my brains out." That would probably be the best <laughs> yeah. option. Yeah. Hey, let, let, let uh, me throw one in here real quick, super lightning fast. Uh, Britt just thanked somebody for a cookie and foxhole, but I think he needs something different. Uh, I'll start. Uh, uh, a coupon for uh, sport clips. Uh, Matt? <laughs> are, are we giving something away? Is that what we're coupon, doing? What are we doing? <laughs> coupon never for mind, sport clips. That was dumb. That was dumb. <laughs> sport clips is a haircut place. Do I need a haircut? You just had a haircut. I don't know. You, you could probably update, be a little more relevant. It has grown fast. It has grown fast, probably. Yes, it does. Oh. Bring back the faux hawk. I think Ooh. that might work for you. There it is. Oh, all right. Fun. No, that was Providence fun, Matt. Is such a troll. That was fun, Matt. Thanks for thanks for bringing that in. Um, all <laughs> right, for letting guys. Uh, everybody have a great weekend. Of course, the weekend review will start tomorrow. You'll get an opportunity to catch all of the week shows, and I think we're going to throw a couple of Matt's shows into the weekend review rotation as well. At least the one that Britt and I were on today, and anything else we can uh, download in time to do it. Um, otherwise, make sure you subscribe, share, and. Uh, Subscribe, share, and follow. That was the other thing. What else, Britt? Anything else? And follow. Subscribe, share, follow. Smash like buttons. If you're on get, if you're on uh, uh, Rumble, um, please smash the Rumble buttons. That seems to help us for some reason. Uh, get visibility. So smash that Rumble Britt, button. I have people asking uh, me, where yeah, can they send the gold to that you keep asking for? So if they want to send gold, where do they send the gold to? They can send the gold to... Uh, uh, wow. Uh, I don't want to give out my address. Uh, tell them to DM me. I'll give them my address. <laughs> no one's sending me gold. Hey, another they would be dumb doing that. We're going to need it. Another thing is that after this show ends, we uh, we are going to try to uh, uh, fire up a Warzone game. And if we are successful in doing that and we feel confident enough, we're going to start streaming it somewhere. We haven't figured out where yet, but <laughs> just keep an eye out. Uh, maybe we'll post it in social media when we figure it out. But uh, we need a little R&R, &R too, and shooting up some bad guys in Warzone sounds like a great way to do it.
with bourbon. With bourbon. I like movies, but whatever you want, JB. With bourbon, okay. Uh, that's going to do it. Thanks, thanks, Matt, of course, and thanks, uh, Providence. Good to see you again. Everybody have a great weekend, and we'll catch you live again Monday night at 10 p.m. Cheers.